welcome to the weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. I'm your host, Jay Ewing. I got someone fun in the booth today. Can't wait for this conversation to unfold. Calvary, so good to be with you. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Like always, you can write us at theweekly at calvarybible.com. We'd love to hear from you, hear what you're thinking about in regards to this conversation and lots of conversations happening here at Calvary. I got Tom today. Hi, Tom. Hey. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, that means so much. <laughs> Thank you. To you too. And happy Single Awareness Day to those who aren't. Uh, yes. Love. We were around the office today and everybody had a red shirt on. I said, it never occurred to me to wear a red shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. We got to hang out a little bit at the marriage retreat. Yes, we did. Not weekend. too much, not, but not too much. I saw you there. A little... Yeah, we, we don't need to be hanging out together too no. much. Did you get some good nuggets down there? Yeah, we did. No, we good. did. Did you? Oh, yeah. Lucy and I had a great time. We were 40 years married, and it was her birthday. So we oh. had an awesome weekend together. That was really fun. Yeah. That's really 40 years. Congrats. Thank you very much. Yeah. I guess since it was a marriage retreat and it was a birthday, you didn't fly fish. <laughs> I didn't do anything except try to pay attention to Lucy all weekend. <laughs> it was a great time. That's really good. It's really good. What a fun place and what a fun event. Yep. Really cool. What was it, like uh, 1,400 people in the uh, room? I think there were 1,000 people. Okay. And Calvary brought about 112. Okay. It was awesome. That's really cool. What an investment. What an investment. Well, we're in the conversation today. We got a lot of things happening with the book of James as we started this series. But before we get there, let me just talk about what's happening at Calvary. You can always go to calvarybible.com slash events to find out what's happening at your campus. Some major highlights. Well, we got Starting Point happening on all of our campuses, as well as the Women's Retreat is coming up March 4th through the 6th. So if you're a woman, you need to get connected. This is a great place. A Women's Retreat is happening this March, as well as if you have a high schooler, Ironman is happening in a few weeks. We got spring break happening at the end of March, and you want to sign up your high schooler today. Get them connected. It's going to be a really great time for them to go out to California, open up the Word of God, purposely live in community for a week, pray together, worship together, study together. And uh, there's so many life-changing stories that happen out of Iron Man. It's a historic event around here at Calvary. You need to get your high schooler there. You're invited to get them there. You can always go to calvarybible.com slash events. We also have some really unique things happening in our life of our church right now. And Tom can speak to these because uh, we got a kingdom assignments happening mm. these days, the Marshall Fire. Marshall Fire kingdom assignments kicked off a couple weeks ago, and we had just invited everybody in the congregation who may know somebody who's connected to the fire, who's really been impacted to be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. And so we created this grant program, and more than 100 people have requested to be a part of the grant. And they're just giving away some of the resources of God's people to those in need. It's really been a beautiful thing. Yeah, that is a really beautiful thing. I'm super appreciative of what Calvary's doing, the intentionality <laughs> in which they're living in and where we're living in as a church. And I love John and how he said, we're not asking you to give to anything. We're asking you to give to this. Yeah, give, give, give away. away this. That's Give right. away what we have. Yeah, that's uh, pretty The people amazing. of God at Calvary have been so generous for people in need. And uh, we just thought we need to let others share in the 
distribution of it. So there's this beautiful process where you fill out a grant and tell what you're going to do, and those are evaluated. And uh, we're just praying that eventually what will come of that kindness to people in need is uh, relationships and the connection. What we always say at Calvary is this kind of good deed to the needs of other people creates goodwill. And out of goodwill, we pray there'll be an opportunity to share the good news about Jesus. So it's happening, and it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, another big event happening also is the Afghan refugees. Wow. Getting them settled here in Colorado. Our teams are there. Yep. Working really hard behind the scenes to make sure that happens. Another great picture of what God's doing through Calvary is just um, getting the teams who help these three families together and serve. It's, uh, you know, serving together is one of the ways we really grow in our faith. And when families help other immigrant families, it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's a really beautiful thing. And we're hearing already stories coming out of that. We're just praying for fruit and for uh, relational building. Yeah, I think it's happening. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we also had a great weekend with Winter Weekend. And um, that was a crazy time. I walked into church. It's very rare that you walk in on a Sunday morning early and there's a lot of people and there was a lot of teenagers well, there, in one room. This was the middle school retreat, and they yeah. had 190 students and 40 volunteers. And they were all at the Boulder campus uh, Friday, Saturday, and then everybody went back to their own campus church on Sunday. But um, I'm telling you, they were a bundle of energy for Friday and Saturday. They had an awesome time together, and uh, it was great to see them all sitting together in church on Sunday. Yeah, what a great resource of that Boulder building to actually be able to host that big of a group? Yeah, there was a little bit of an aroma (laughs) in the room. You you had 230 people jumping around uh, for a day and a half, and uh, we could tell they had been there. Yeah, we walked in this Sunday morning in the Erie campus, and I definitely smelled Axe body spray. (laughs) (laughs) You know they're having a covers a multitude of sins. (laughs) It does. Yeah. Really fun. Just so thankful for our student ministry. Oh, they're them. doing that. Our student leaders are doing such a good job. Yeah. I love those guys and gals. Yeah. they Talk about kingdom investment. Yeah. Right? They really are. That's really cool. And then we kicked off the book of James. That yeah. was really fun. That was a great start. Yeah. It was a great start. In fact, I hope, I wish you would have gone past the first war. <laughs> well, we will in time, but you need to set up the stage a little bit of what yeah. James is all about. But it was a great kick off yesterday on the inevitability of trials in our life. Yeah. So why the book of James? Uh, well, I said, because it follows Hebrews and we just finished Hebrews. And there is a sense in which Hebrews was a dense theological book. It was really um, a beautiful, challenging book to wade through all the theological themes. And in the layout of the scriptures, the next book is James, which is a very practical uh, to-do kind of a book, and uh, we just felt like it was time after a deep theological dive to do um, your faith every day. Yeah, that's really, really, really just a fun opportunity for us. We're going to go through, what, 16 weeks? It's 16 weeks, like yep. We'll be done on Memorial Day weekend. Wow, that's uh, really cool. So what about, as you as you study the book of James, what what is sort of the key verse maybe that, you like, this is sort of one of the key verses through this book? Well, there's so many great themes, but probably um, 
you know, it's chapter 1, verse 22 that says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And the whole theme of James really, um, in a sense, it's a way of testing your faith to see if you really know Jesus. What difference does Jesus make in your life? And um, the Bible is such a treasure of discovering what God's truth is, but it's not just to know it in our head or hear it in our ears, but to actually live it out in our lives. And our prayer is that as we go 16 weeks in this book, um, touching every very practical area of life, that we'll be able to say, uh, by God's grace, I'm growing in my ability to apply God's truth to everyday life. Yeah. As you read it, though, it seems like there's just a lot of to-dos. Does that make make sense to you when you read the book of James? Well, it does make sense. Of course it makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just filled with all these imperatives. It's got the most imperatives of any other book in the New Testament. That's super interesting. Yeah, and so I, I think it's a command to live out your faith. I I, I worry a little bit because the Bible says, um, apart from the works of the law, no one, um, by the works of the law, no one will be justified. And James says, without works, your faith is dead. Faith without works is dead. So the challenge is to listen to these imperatives and say, okay, this is what God is asking me to do in relation to my family, in relation to my health, my money, um, my speech, the way I treat people as I face injustice. That There are a lot of these commands on how we're to live in the light of that. And all we would say is that those are the verification that my faith in Jesus is real. It's not by doing all these things that I become a Christian, but that I am a real believer in Jesus, that this is the style ethic of my life. Yeah. As you study sort of the history of the book of James, there's a few faithful followers of Jesus throughout the centuries that sort of were pretty critical on the book. Why? Because of how much to-dos and not enough grace. (laughs) Right, right. And... I think there is a sense in which you you listen as we read the scripture. We love it. We love all of it. All scripture is inspired by God. So you listen to the emphasis of this um, call to action um, and balance it with the certainties that in Christ there is no condemnation, um, justified by faith alone, by grace alone, through Christ alone. Those things are true. And therefore, you know, as Jesus would said, you know, there is a lifestyle that emerges in, in someone who truly loves Jesus. And James, be, probably because of what was going on in their world, calls people to a life of action and response. Yeah, Rooted in faith, of course, mm-hmm. right? Rooted in faith. Right, rooted in faith for sure. So what about... James himself, we talked about this a little bit last week on the podcast, but what sort of the highlights for you when you think about the just the author himself, James? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the f- most important themes of the Christian life is God is opposed to the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Mm. And I think of James as being one of the truly humble undersung heroes of the faith. Uh, he really was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. I, I wrote a, I, I read a research paper preparing for this series in which someone was recommending that it, 
if there was a pope in the church, it was James, not Peter. That's super uh, interesting. Yeah, it's that very really interesting. interesting. And of course, we didn't have popes, so yeah. that that's not the case. But James was a very strong, instrumental leader of the church, and um, you know you can follow that through the New Testament. But when he refers to himself, he could have easily dropped names. I'm Mary's son. And Mary was there when the first disciples were together in the upper room. James was there, apparently. Um, he could have said, I'm, I'm Jesus' brother. And I said yesterday, as we were talking about uh, the opening verses, it would have been really hard to be Jesus' younger brother because mm-hmm. Jesus was pretty special. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, if he wanted to prop himself up in writing this letter, he could have easily used those names or his position as the head of the church in Jerusalem. But he doesn't do any of those. And he really comes in low and says, this is my role. I'm a servant, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that about James. Uh, just really portrays his heart for humbly doing what God asked him to do. That's interesting. Yeah, we didn't talk about this earlier, but... What do you think are some of the critical issues he faced? I mean, Acts 15, we find out he's in the church. He's head of the church in Jerusalem, it seems like. Yep. The central figure. But like in Acts, the, that church is under some strain in a lot of ways. Huge strain and trying to balance out how do we um, lead people from Judaism to love Jesus and then Gentiles and how do they work well together? And I think James was probably very instrumental there. We also learned that James was instrumental in instructing Paul, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a couple of times uh, he told Paul, this is what we should do. And uh, so he had a, he had some challenges yeah, as every leader of the church. But in that season, boy, James had some huge challenges. Yeah. It's super interesting to me to sort of see the, how James comes across in his writing and then to realize those are the same things he was wrestling. The local church was wrestling with those themes Mm. in a very real way in a very pressure packed, you know, he's in the pressure cooker up there. Yep. He is. Yeah. Just amazing. Just really amazing. And you know, do you buy that line that James is sort of the new Testament book of wisdom or do you see that? Do you? you Well, I, I do see, um, you know, as we go on through the rest of chapter one, wisdom is a really important theme. So um, y- you see that as a very central theme in the book of Proverbs. And I think uh, because James grew up knowing the Old Testament writings, uh, Proverbs seems to have an influence over some of his writings. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Wisdom personified. Yeah. You said... Uh on Sunday, you said God's truth in view of a modern day of bad ideas. I think it was something like that. You said something about this is a really timely book for us because there's so many bad ideas. Yeah. I I was really struck on Sunday by the number of young people that were in um, all huddled together in the front, you know, probably uh, just a, a lot of them. And I was thinking about all of the bad ideas that our young people are being bombarded with today and uh, just a continual onslaught of 
untruth that they have to wade through. And I made the point that finding the treasure of God is like finding a needle in the haystack or, um, you know, last week we were searching in someone's home and found a, a wedding ring sorting through the ashes of the Marshall fire. And it was a euphoric moment for the team that was um, going through the ashes and pulling out a diamond wedding ring. And I just made the illustration that searching the scriptures, particularly this next season in the book of James, is going to be like putting your hand down into an abyss of all these bad ideas circulating in our culture and and grabbing a hold of the truth of God and pulling it out and say, but this is the truth. This is the treasure of what God says. And I, I think James is going to be a very practical book for us just to look at the nuggets of truth of God that are going to relate to everyday life. Yeah, so true. Yeah. What about, you know, speaking of the, the first nugget that we come across this week in chapter 1, is uh, trials. Yep. And, you know, as you think about preaching James 1, 1 through 4, what do you wish you would have said maybe? Yeah. Or what do you wish you had more time to say? Yeah. I actually had a section in my notes that I, I wished I got to and I didn't. Mm. And it is uh, trials. You know, most most of us grow up wishing that we could get out of trouble, out of trials. And we like, we, we say, oh, I'm in trouble how's the quickest way for me to get out of this? And it turns out that in the sovereignty of God, people of faith are going to be through difficulty. As sparks fly upward, a man is born for trouble, Job said. And so if we can get in our heads that trouble, trial, difficulty, persecution is going to be part of life, that helps in the first case. Mm -hmm. And then the second case is like, so what is God up to when he lets us go through these things? And I had three or four other reasons. Obviously, it's to test our faith to produce steadfastness. That's what we looked at. But there are other reasons, and I, I wish I had time to say that um, trouble comes to humble us. Mm-hmm. And humility is a, a virtue through which God works. He's against proud people. So in one respect... Uh, trouble comes that we would be at the end of ourself and have to depend on God and be broken and humble before him. Remember, Paul had the thorn in the flesh, and it was given to him to keep him from being conceited, he said. Yeah. And so uh, trials come sometimes to keep us humble. And they come to teach us. They they come to teach us truths about God. Um, Paul said, uh, again, in Second Corinthians, that a momentary light affliction is here to help us to know about the surpassing value of the life to come. It teaches us what's really most valuable. And, um, you know, if there's one other thing trials do is that they help put us in position to be able to help others when they're in trouble. Again, from Second Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians um, we're comforted by God when we're in trouble that we might be able to offer comfort to others when they're in trouble. Yeah. And most of the troubles that we go through in life, I should say all of the troubles that we go through in life, are going to be common to other people too. They're going to experience the same trouble. So you have marriage problems, um, you hold on to God, you work it through, you sort it out, you pray for his grace, you get stronger through your marriage, and then inevitably in the most healthy church, older couples are mentoring younger couples, and that's what we're seeing happen at Calvary. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. 
No doubt. I think that's a really, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me that God doesn't sort of waste any opportunity. Yeah, Does that make right. sense? Yeah, he doesn't. It's really just a very unique thing about him. Yeah. We want to. We want to yeah. turn them right off. But, um, you know, one of the things we would say is don't short circuit what God wants to do through the suffering that you're in, the trouble that you're in. You have a trial. Um, our, our response is, get me out of this. And God might say, I, I want to do something in you in the midst of this. Yeah. In the New Testament and throughout the whole scriptures, there's that sort of theme. I think Paul's pretty clear Second Timothy about there's these three examples and we're sort of supposed to think about them, think upon them and sort of discern what the Lord needs to do in us. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned those uh, in the opening week is that the struggle is where the development happens. And if we could get that into our hearts and minds, development spiritually happens in the midst of the struggle. And Paul gives that illustration, um, you know, when he's telling Timothy, you, you need to be like an athlete. Um, an athlete doesn't win the prize, you know, unless he competes according to the rules. And, an, you know, an athlete has to do a workout a lot. And the Olympic, we're in the Olympics. So, mm. you know, those Olympic athletes that are winning medals, you know, think about the preparation that they made. Mm. And then Paul talks about a soldier. There, There's no win in battle unless you prepare and so that's boot camp and going through the hard things and no soldier is going to say boot camp is a is a fun time but it's a necessary because the development is in the struggle and the same with the farmer he has to go through the winter the spring and the heat of summer before the harvest comes and there's a lot of work to do to get the harvest and that that's the way the spiritual life is you the development comes in christ likeness through the struggle and that's God's design. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing, it also mirrors our Savior. Mm. You know, it'd be one thing if if God made us do it, but Jesus uh, was perfected through suffering. He, he accomplished our salvation by his own death. So he went before us, and we walk in his steps, and so we hear his voice say, you know, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. The slave is not greater than the master. If, if I went through this, you're, you're going to have some tribulation in this world yeah so you know as the senior pastor of calvary and as sort of the keeper of all these stories over these years um what would you just want to speak into those who are going through suffering right now and those you know sort of seeing their stories of past stories of suffering what would you just say to those calvary today who are feeling isolated lonely discouraged worn out all those things that we experience when we do face trials. Yeah. Well, the one thing I know is that everybody has suffering. And I am just amazed week after week of hearing stories of the challenges that many of our families, older people, and our young people face today. Um, Everybody has suffering experiences. And I would just say that's why we need the community of faith that's why we need to be a part of a church like calvary where truth is told and we can be shaped by it and then community can be experienced because we need other people who are a little bit further down the road than we are 
uh, whether it's uh, I have a health crisis. There's a lot of people who have been through cancer, been through the loss of life, and and they are there to bring comfort in in our struggles when we're in the midst of it. So I would just say um, a vital church is people who live their real faith out in less than beautiful circumstances to find Jesus to be a beautiful Savior. Yeah, that's really good, Tom. That's a really great reminder for us. Mm. Yeah. So as we think about the book of James, coming up in the next two weeks, we're going to be in the first chapter, seems like. Uh, Anything you would want us to do to prepare? Do you want us to be thinking, praying about what certain themes or topics ideas. Yeah. I mean, uh, what we're asking our members to do as you get ready to come to church is just read through the next section. So for the next two weeks, you're going to be in chapter one. I would just start reading it through. Um, we really believe that memorizing God's word, hiding it in your heart is a great way to, um, you know, prepare yourself to hear from the Holy Spirit by letting his word really have a place in you. So we're going to talk about the wisdom of the world, um, you know, we're just talking about all the bad ideas that are out there. The wisdom of the world leads to ruination, and the wisdom of God is pure and peaceable and lovely and beautiful, and um, we're going to be comparing that and what difference that makes when we're faced with temptation, as we all are. So that's chapter one. It's going to be a great time together. Yeah. Hey, thanks for sitting down with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Tuning in to... The weekly letting us know what's on your heart, what's going on in your your neck of the woods, and uh, what you're thinking about. It's really, really important for us to hear. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Hey, Calvary. Like Tom said, there's a great way to get connected here at Calvary. You can go to calvarybible.com. There's several different ways I want to point you to. One is calvarybible.com slash groups. Find a group. If you're not in a life group, get in one. Be known. Know others. Uh, have a community around you when the storms of life happen. That's right. Super important. As well, you can go to the prayer request, the mobile bulletin. We'd love to be praying for you in the seasons of trials and uh, the things that are happening in your world. So if that's happening and you would love for the Calvary staff, the elders to come along and pray with you, we'd be honored by that. You can go to calvarybible.com, the mobile bulletin. Also, there are many different seasons you find yourself in. We have a great mentoring program, men's and women's. You can go to calvarybible.com. Find the men's page for the men, the women's page for those mentoring programs. You might be, you know, in a bad job situation wanting to get out. There's a mentor for you. You want to go to the next level and grow in your faith or grow in being a father or mother. There's a mentor for you. Get someone who's been there before. Go to our mentoring program. We would love to connect you there. As always, find out what's happening at Calvary just at calvarybible.com, and we would love to hear from you, like always, at the weekly at calvarybible.com. I said that a lot, calvarybible.com. Didn't I, Tom? You did. Hey, Calvary, we're so thankful you're tuning in. Have a great week. And for those who are happily married, happy Valentine's Day. Those in love, happy Valentine's Day. And those who are single, Happy Single Awareness Day. We're glad you're here at Calvary as well. We love you all. We love you all.